the teachers uh, in a moment. Welcome uh, everyone to uh, this uh, very special morning. And uh, it is a very special morning. I will elaborate on that. But above all, it is special, I believe, because the spirit of the living God is here, I have no doubt. So let's honour that and let's ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us this morning and probably more to speak to the brothers uh, that are being uh, ordained today and maybe their wives as well. I think that all of us perhaps uh, can do with uh, a word from the Lord. Let's uh, bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we commend your mind, your hearts, your soul, your spirit in your hands. And we ask you that you would speak to us as we ask you that you would speak to the children in Sunday school. We ask you that you would bless the teachers, but also bless the parents that are here. Lord, we pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you would speak to our hearts that you would open your mind, your eyes, that we will be able to see, to hear, to understand. We want to thank you for the body of Christ that you have made us into. And we thank you that you have saved us. But above all, we thank you that you're coming back to take us home. We have a home to go to, and that is thanks to you. Lord, but for now, we ask you that you will remain in this home that you have given us, which is right here. For we ask and we thank you this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I have titled this morning, uh, this morning's service, um, Leaders for Today and for the Future. And uh, I believe that uh, this is very appropriate to, to put this title. And I'll be reading from a scripture from the wisest man that ever lived. And he was inspired by the same spirit that is here today. That said that when there is no vision, the people perish. And so, with that in mind, knowing how important vision is for all of us, how important vision is for this congregation, but also for your city, for your neighbourhood, I want you to start thinking of the responsibility that you have. Now, maybe I should address the wives because uh, I think that they've got a better memory. Uh, they, they're able to remind their husbands every now and then about uh, what they forget and, and, and the things that they should do and shouldn't do. So maybe uh, if I can address you in all these so you can remind your husbands about the importance of vision. Theodore Hesburgh said, the very essence of leadership is, is that you have to have vision. You can't blow an uncertain trumpet. You know, the people here, and I want you to stand up, both husbands and wife, please stand up. I invite you to. And I want you to turn around. I want you to have a look at the people that are here. Yeah? And uh, 
You can sit down. Uh, they've taken a photo with your smiles now. You can sit down. That's fine. But these people here want to know of your certainty. You cannot lead without certainty. You need to know what is it that you think. What is it that you believe. And you must be able to communicate and pass that. You must be able to pass that along. And Apostle Paul, if he was here, he would have said this to you. I'm sure. Because he said it to Timothy and he said it to Titus. So just imagine that somewhere in his mind, through his past and the things that he has written, he's telling you this. In 1 Timothy 4.12, Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. Or maybe not so young, depending on who is looking at you. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and purity. Interesting. Interesting that he would say that because this has got very little to do with your vision. This, is, this has to do with who you are in order that people should respect your vision, that people should embrace your vision, that people should perhaps take into consideration what you have to say. Because if this does not take place, people will not take any, uh, any note of what you have to say. So first of all, you must be example to all these people that are here and those that are not in speech, in the way that you speak, the way you address people, the way that you speak to each other, the way that you speak to them. And what you say in the content of that speech. How hollow is your speech or how graceful? Because that will reflect on how much you're going to get the support from the people around you. The second one is your conduct. You could not be wearing two caps, one when you're in church and one you are somewhere else. Your conduct does not change. It is who you are here, there and everywhere. In your love, mind you, I can assure you that a lot of people love you, but I couldn't say that everybody loves you. I mean, that's my experience has been throughout life. Maybe that's your experience too. And that's okay. But you are called to love them. You are called to embrace them. Even if they disagree with you. Even if they perhaps don't love you as much as you would like to, them to love you. You love them more. It is your way of being able to say that you are serious about this call. In faith, and I know that this has been misinterpreted, that it's, this is about the faith, your identity of, 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 you know, the denomination. No, no, no. This is about faith. This is about in whom you have believed. This is about God. This is the relationship that you have with, with Christ and with the Holy Spirit and with God. They want to see that in you. And if you're going to speak... They want to hear about that relationship of how you understand God and how you understand the Holy Spirit and how you understand and what Jesus has done for you. They might not be so interested in some hollow philosophies. Although they might sound good, but they are interested in what you have to say about your faith and in whom you have believed. And how you act and how you behave and how you speak in the face of adversity. How is your faith going to reflect? 
That's what people want to see from a leader. And that's what you're called to today. You're clocking on a card today. Yeah? And one day you'll clock it off. And we'll talk about that later. And also impurity. How pure are your thoughts, your heart, your intentions? You will make mistakes. Make no Make no mistake, you will make a mistake. I like that line. Make no mistake, you will make mistakes. However, I hope that those mistakes are because of you haven't thought about it, not because of an impure heart. You know why? Because people are not silly. People can see. People can see through your thoughts. People can see through you. So let's get that clear. And now that we got that out of the way, and now that you are leading and living this example, let's have a look at what this means. You see, leaders are people that live today, but also are living in the future. You as a leader, you will be saying, I've got it there, you will be saying, uh, some people may say that prophesying, and you will be imagining, seeing things, seeing a world that does not exist. The world that is in your mind, that world is not here today. But we are calling you, and I myself have voted for you, because I believe that the Spirit of the living God can give you that vision. The world that is not here today, the world that we dream of, that better world. For us, for your families, for your children, and for the children of all the people that are here. And not just the people that are here, but also all the other people they are in touch with. Let's not forget that CLF has many dimensions, and you're called to be a minister in each one of those dimensions. It's about saying or prophesying and imagining, seeing a world that does not exist, but you are happy and ready to shape it, regardless of the challenges and the difficulties that might be ahead. When we look at this idea of, of the future, of what the church should look like, of what the community should look like, what families should look like, what your neighborhood should look like, you're not a dreamer. You are not dreamers. You just envisage and propagate and execute those ideas. Did you get it? Do you get what I'm saying? You are not dreamers. Some people will call you dreamers, but you're not dreamers. You're certain. You envisage what needs to be done. You already feel it. You can touch it. Other people cannot see it, but you can and you start to propagate, to share that idea. But also, it's not just talk. Talk is cheap. You must start executing that idea. You must start doing, living that which is not. That makes you a leader. That makes you a good leader. You know, I'm not being political here, but I wish that the world had more leaders like that. We have a shortage of leaders. A good church with a good leader should be always training 
up-and-coming leaders. So your responsibility has just begun. Train your successes from the very moment that you become a leader. You need to think about how are you going to lead and train the next person that is going to take, some of you got ministries already, and you will not be able to continue in those ministries and being able to minister and minister in the church and minister in the community with the demand that we have. So it is your responsibility now as a good leader to train successes to take your spot. This is the time. Well, you're still doing it. And I believe that that's what Michael and I are doing. We're training you already to take over from us. And I hope that you do a much better job than what we are doing or that we will ever do. That's our wish. We pray for that. But I also pray and hope that the leaders that you will train will do a better job than what you're doing. Because that is trans- transition. That is good leadership. And that's what the church wants. Do you not? Isn't that what you expect for you, for your children? So let's be accountable on that. Let's take Have in mind at every moment the responsibility and the reason why we're here. Also, you need to know that you're not just a leader for some or for a few. You are a leader for all. You're a leader for all the people that are here. You're also leaders for people that are not here, that are in different hubs, in in different places, in different dimensions of CLA. You are leaders for them. You might not see them. You might not even know who they are. You know, we have people that listen to us on podcasts. We don't know who they are. But you are the leaders. They listen to you because they see in you leadership skills. And you have to think of them also. You have to think of the people that are here. You have to think of the people that you have at work. You are a leader for them also. A leader for all, not just for some. Apostle Paul had something to say about this when he is writing to Titus. And he said, uh, You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. So, you turn around. I won't ask you to turn around again. But look at the old people. You're looking at one now. I'm older than you. There's a couple here with grey hair. Look at them. And you have something to teach us. You should have something to teach us. If you don't, maybe you shouldn't be where you are. You should have something to teach us. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love and in endurance. Likewise, Teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderous, addicted to too much wine. I didn't know this. (laughs) The sisters drink too much wine, apparently. So you have to tell them, yeah, don't drink too much wine. Maybe it's okay for the younger ones, yeah? It says the older ones, sorry. Uh, Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderous or addicted to too much wine, but to teach what is good. 
Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands, so that they will, uh, uh, they will, the, the word of the Lord will not be spoken badly of. Oh, Marlene, that's what it says there. And this leader for all, also, it's encouraged that in Tim, uh, Titus 2, 6, similarly, encourage young men to be self-controlled in everything. Set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned by, uh, so that those that oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Teach the slaves to be subject to their masters in everything. I know this is not politically correct, but should it happen? Yeah? To try to please them, not to talk back to them, and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in everything they weigh will we make the teaching about God, our Saviour, attractive. And he talks about the masters as well. I don't want to bore you with all these things too much. But all I'm trying to say in this, that you are a leader for all. Not just a small segment, not just a small group. You are the leaders of the children and the youth and the elderly. Is Nathan here? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nathan, this goes for you too. Yeah? I'm not, I'm not ignoring you. Maybe I should have asked you to sit here. Yeah? Because all know you, your segment is with the youth. But those people will become grown-ups. And this is what leadership is all about. And I appreciate, I'm very thankful that you, with these brothers and your wife, I was hoping that she would be here. She's teaching Sunday school. However, these other sisters can, can fill her in. And not that she's doing a bad job. She's doing a fantastic job. But this is what leadership is all about. You are the present and the future of this congregation. A leader for all. A leader brings faith, hope, growth and unity. This is one of the things that you should be thinking about this. That we need to bring faith, encourage people to believe as much as they do, but to believe a little bit more. To give hope and to give us growth and unity. You see, today you're being handed into your hands a whole bunch of people here. They bring talents. They have gifts. Some of them are very clever, very smart. Some of them very committed. Some are younger and some are older. Today you're clocking on. When you clock off, there is someone that will demand of you and will say, I'll start from there, Eddie, Ben, Nathan, Tibor. Just trying to go in that fashion. I have given you this much. What have you done with it? If you have here a hundred people, when you clock off, how many will you have? I know it's not about numbers. If you have 
five musicians. And when you clock off, you have only one or none. Think about that. If you have 20 young people, but when you clock off, you have none. If you have 10 Sunday school children, and when you clock off, you have none. What have you done? Okay, the church might be disappointed in you. Or might applaud you. I don't know. I don't know the spiritual temperature that everyone has. However, I know someone that will demand it of you. And is also demanding it of me. You are stewards. You're being handed something that is of much, much value today. Don't let yourself down. And don't let the people down. The leaders get excited about their vision. And that's why they train and groom more leaders. You should be so excited about what you see that you should start even thinking of the people that will be taking over from you, not just now, but also into the future. That is vision. A good objective of teaching is to help those who are doing poorly to do well and help those who are doing well to do even better. Jim Rohn said that, and I think that he hits, he hits the nail on the head. That your responsibility is to encourage those that are doing well to do better, and those that are not doing so well to also do well. Yet there's always room for improvement. Finally, going back to the first slide. Where there is no vision, people perish. You know, the Bible tells us about many leaders, many reformers that have done amazing things in a lot of opposition. Josiah, Ezra, the case of, of uh, Ezekiel, the case of Jesus himself and the apostles. And you're called to do that. You're called to reform and change this world, to make it a better world in conjunction with the people that are here. To the rest of the church, your responsibility is to pray for these brothers. They need you. They need your prayers. They need your support. They don't know it all. We don't expect them to know it all. However, they need to know that someone is praying and asking for wisdom from above. You know, just recently, I'll tell you something, an experience. As I am praying, I'm thinking and meditating. And I know, I know that people are being saved every week. I know that people are coming to the Lord day by day. But my question was, why aren't they coming here? Why is the Holy Spirit sending them somewhere else? I also prayed, God is a God of wisdom and he gives wisdom and there are so many good leaders full of wisdom that I see in so many places. But why not here? And then I said, Lord, I know that there's a table and there is plenty of bread on the table, but I will be happy with the crumbs that fall down from the table. Send us the people that nobody wants. Give us the wisdom that is being rejected. We will take it with open arms. And that's what we need to pray for. 
We need to pray for one another. We need to pray for these leaders that they can do the job. And I myself, you might be ambitious. So you, want, you, you probably want a good slice, maybe the whole loaf of bread. I will be happy with the crumbs that fall from the table. We mentioned that the very essence of leadership is that you have your own vision, that you have a vision, not necessarily, sometimes doesn't have to be your own, it can be someone else's vision, but you must blow the trumpet with soundness and certainty. I'm going to ask you a question now, and I'll finish with a question. Are you a leader, a custodian, or a caretaker? We spoke about what a leader is. A custodian will take charge and hold and hold embrace these people and will say, don't touch, don't touch my member, don't touch this person and you stay out, keep away. I'm a custodian over this. And try to protect what you have, losing one by one what has been given to you. Or are you a caretaker hoping that someone else will come better than you and will take over from you? And that might be the case. I'm not sure. It might be a case of either or. Or are you a leader? Are you a leader that is going to stand up? Are you going to be a leader that is going to have some calcium in your backbone to stand up and say, this is what needs to be done in today's society. This is what needs to be done in this congregation. Do you have the calcium in your backbone to do that? And if you don't, I know someone who has I know someone who can give you plenty of calcium. And that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't you ever forget that. May the Lord bless you. Mel, I think you've got another song for us.